Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 2 Corinthians 2. I will never forget the summer of 1999 as a kid in San Antonio, Texas, because that is the first time that our beloved San Antonio Spurs won the NBA Finals. They were the champions, and they won the the deciding game in New York City. So when they came home, it was a big deal, and there was a victory parade. Uh, right there on the Riverwalk in San Antonio. Everyone wanted to celebrate the conquering heroes as they came back hoisting the trophy. Well, did you know that the Apostle Paul describes the Christian life and ministry as something of a victory parade? Now, he wasn't thinking about a modern sports team and their victory parade. He was thinking of the victory parade that the Roman army or a conquering army would have on their return home. But he compares his life to that. But what is very interesting is if I told you that, if I told you that the Christian life is like a victory parade, what would you anticipate it being like? But what we see in Paul is, while you may have thought of fun, exciting, um, he describes it as, well, there's a lot of difficulty. And so what we need to deal with is, how does he compare the Christian life and ministry to a victory parade, a triumphal procession on the one hand, but then speak of trials and difficulties on the other? Uh, That'll be at the end of 2 Corinthians 2, but let's start by Looking at the first part, and we're going to see a couple things, again, more just in his relationship with the Corinthians in the first part um, of this chapter. And we're going to see times for a couple things here. First, there is a time to let up, is what we're going to see from Paul. He's again explaining why he is not coming to see them like the plan apparently tentatively was. And he says in verse one, for I made up my mind not to make another painful visit to you. For if I cause you pain, who is there to make me glad but the one whom I have pained? And as I wrote as I did, so that when I came, I might not suffer pain from those who should have made me rejoice. For I felt sure of all of you that my joy would be the joy of you all. For I wrote to you out of much affliction and anguish of heart and with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. So apparently out there, there was, I guess what we could call one and a half Corinthians, that there is a letter between first Corinthians and second Corinthians. And he speaks of writing to them out of much affliction and anguish of heart and with many tears. And he doesn't want to make another painful visit to them. So apparently Paul has, has told them some difficult things and he doesn't want to come and have that be a, a painful visit. And I think that's a good reminder for us in the Christian life that there are times to say direct, confrontational, maybe even painful things. And there are times to kind of let up or maybe back off and affirm your love 
for somebody. And that's what Paul is doing here. He's saying he wants to affirm his love for them. He doesn't want to pursue a painful visit. He wants to affirm his love for them. And that's where, again, I think we see sometimes in the Apostle Paul, uh, some things that can and should be exemplary for us. And while we should be unafraid to at times say pointed or confrontational things, there are also times to affirm our love for someone instead of continuing to dive into something that is painful. And so we see some of that from the example of uh, the Apostle Paul. And next we'll see there is a time to forgive and there is a time to restore. And that's what we see really in verses 5 through 11. And the thought here is, remember back in 1 Corinthians where one of the issues Paul had to deal with was an issue of church discipline, where somebody was in a sexually immoral relationship and he was instructing them to that remove them from the church. Well, now he is telling them to forgive someone. And the, the general thought is, this is a reference back to that. That person apparently is repentant. And now Paul is telling them to forgive and to restore this person. He says in verse 6, For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough, so that you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. And so he is now pointedly telling them to forgive this person and to affirm their love for this person and giving them a lesson in forgiveness and even saying that if we don't forgive and if we don't restore, we're opening the door for the devil. We're opening the door for the devil is what he says in verse 11, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. So we see there is a time to to let up, to to be a little bit softer, and there is another time to, to restore and to forgive. And these are important things as we show love towards others. But then he comes to the end of the chapter where we get more into this idea of the victory procession. And what's interesting is he talks about something very difficult, how he goes to Troas and he's looking for Titus um, and he doesn't find him. And so his spirit is not at rest. And then in verse 14, he says, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. So even though there'll be difficulty and and times where his heart is not at rest, he's trusting that in Christ, he's always going to be led in triumphal procession. And then he goes on even how it's not always going to look that way because It's the aroma of Christ to those who are being saved. And that's a good thing. But then to others, it's a fragrance that says from death to death. And so some people will not like what happens in ministry. There will be times where it doesn't feel like it goes well. And there will be people who do not respond well. But he describes it all as a victory procession, a triumphal procession. And so... I want us to think even how that relates to another passage we read somewhat recently, and that is Romans chapter 8. And if you remember in Romans chapter 8, Paul says, we are more than conquerors. Wow, doesn't that sound awesome? 
Doesn't that sound like we're just skipping along from victory to victory? Uh, Right before that, it actually talks about things like tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, and then refers to the Old Testament and talks about God's people being killed all the day long and regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Um, Clearly, this triumphal procession, and even in his day, when you think about the, the victory march and we think about the modern parades that we might have, that may be what it feels like internally when we have confidence in Christ, but there will be other feelings of difficulty and there will be opposition from others. But because of our faith in Christ, right? Back in Romans 8, it's we're more than conquerors through him who loves us. And here in verse 14 in 2 Corinthians 2, it is in Christ that we are always led in triumphal procession. So what I want to encourage you with is that you need to serve the Lord and you need to seek to be about his kingdom and his righteousness. You you want to be about the advance of the gospel and the building up of the church. And there will be times where that feels like it's going really well. And there will be times where it doesn't, but you should view it all as a victory march, a, a triumphal procession, not because of you, but because of Christ, because of his love, and even because of a confidence that he will work. I mean, at the end, he even says, who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. So part of that confidence is really not a self-sufficiency. It is a, a sufficiency that comes from Christ and even a confidence that Paul's not selling something. He's not peddling some message. No, he is commissioned by God and giving God's message. And so he knows God's message will accomplish what God wants to accomplish. So we need to be clear. There will be difficult moments in the Christian life. And if you find yourself coming across difficult moments, Don't ask, hey, is there something wrong with me? No, look at the Apostle Paul. There were plenty of difficult moments, even a time he speaks of here where his spirit was not at rest. But we do not want to be defeatist in our mindset. If that's the way you start to feel, that is a problem. It's not always going to feel like skipping from victory to victory, but there should be a confidence, again, not from ourselves, but from Christ that gives us that mindset of a triumphal procession that Jesus has won. We are on his team. And so we will continue to follow him and he will lead the way to victory. I can't help but think of that line from the old hymn, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee, where it says, Ever singing, march we onward, victors in the midst of strife. And let's not forget that in there. There will be strife. But I hope this passage encourages us to be those people who are ever singing as we march onward for the sake of God, for the sake of the gospel. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.